Well, church family, it is a joy for me to be able to welcome you on this first Sunday of a new year. It's 2021, and uh, we are wishing you a very happy new year, as I know many of you are excited to see what God has in store for us in this season. Uh, and probably a lot of you are just feeling a certain level of fatigue over this last year. And we know that we're not through all of that yet, but there is something about turning a new page and looking forward with anticipation in terms of what God has for us. So on behalf of our church family and, and our family personally, we wish you a very happy new year here in 2021. We're going to do a couple of things specifically today uh, that we get to celebrate. At the end of the service, we will be um, celebrating communion together and coming to the Lord's table, and so we would invite you to take part in that. I also want to share an invitation that is kicking off today. We've been talking about the 40 days of prayer. I want to share a little bit about that today. And then specifically, the, the heart of this message is geared toward uh, challenging you. Why do you need to build a deeper foundation of prayer in the coming year? And so without apology, that is the message that I'm going to be bringing, and I trust that your heart will be soft and receptive and hungry for what God has for you today. Uh, church, I'm convinced of this, that as we say yes to God in prayer, I believe that, that God wants to turn up the confidence level that we live in, in that space. He wants to turn up the confidence level uh, of the people of God uh, with regard to prayer. And so this is a significant uh, challenge for us. It's so vital. It's so needed if we are going to be the church that Jesus wants us to be and if we're going to reflect him well. So in that spirit, I want you to look at 1 John chapter 5. Uh, we're going to read verses 11 through 15 today. Again, just in the spirit of turning up this level of confidence, and then we're going to walk through a couple of pieces. I'm actually going to share several scriptures with you today, so we're not going to stay rooted right here in 1 John uh, 5, but we're going to start there. If you have your Bibles, follow along as I read. Uh, verse 11 and following says this, And this is the testimony. God has given us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. See that confidence right there, that you may know. And this is the confidence that we have in approaching God, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have what we ask of him. What a powerful scripture for us to lean into in this season. Again, praying that God will be turning up the confidence level in your life regarding prayer today. Let me take a couple of moments uh, at the front end of this message and just kind of set the stage for you in terms of where we are right now. It was in early to mid-March of 2020. Uh, I was meeting right here at the church with a group of elders and elected leaders and staff, and we were trying to discuss a problem that none of us had faced before. Uh, the country was in the middle of shutting down due to the response of a novel coronavirus that was causing rampant sickness and even greater fear among people. 
Uh, in the course of a week, there were major sporting events uh, and other events that were shutting down. All of a sudden, there were no more movies. All of a sudden, no more March Madness. All of a sudden, no more Broadway. Not even, I don't know if you realize this. Do you realize that the Olympics were supposed to have happened in this last summer? They got postponed. So all of these things, poof, gone, just like that. So here we are trying to decide what was going to happen. Well, here's kind of how it unfolded. By the end of that month, our nation had come together, our world had figured things out, answered all of the questions, and unanimously supported a problem that ended up fixing all of the issues within about a month. The problem was solved, lives were saved, life, work, and play, all of that returned to normal. But that's not actually how it went. What happened is we decided at that meeting that we would cancel our in-person services. This was very new to us. We had never done that for any extended period, maybe ever in the history of the church. And we said as a group of leaders, probably a little naively, that we had the hope of being back up and running in a few weeks, or at the very latest, we would be functioning like a normal church by Easter, which at that point was still very, you know, several weeks away. Well, it was almost 10 months ago now, and uh, there will still be some time before normal is a word that any of us are going to be using with any level of confidence. So it's been a strange year. It's been tough for us on almost every level. It's been tough for you at home. It's been tough with your work. It's been tough with our ministry, and we've been trying to navigate a lot of things. Well, I want to share just a couple of things that God was speaking into my life, even back in March, and things that he has confirmed. There were really three words that God began to give me and then refine over the series of events that happened in 2020. Uh, the first word was this. The first word was flexibility. Uh, we had started all the way back in January with this notion of what does it mean to be movement people? And for whatever reason, I think in God's economy, that was a phrase that stuck in my heart and mind. And when I prayed, I sort of keep coming back to that notion of flexibility and being a movement people. And I know for some of you, that also resonated very deeply. So that was the first word was flexibility. The second word was pruning. Uh, I just sensed very early on as we were walking through changes, uh, difficulties, um, candidly, finding myself in a position where maybe for the first time in my life, uh, I absolutely knew that every decision we were making was going to please some and upset others. Uh, the notion that we would all be in consensus, whether you're talking about nationally or even locally here or even right in our own church family, the idea that everyone would agree with every decision that was going to be made uh, was, was a fallacy. It just wasn't going to happen. And so th this phrase began to come to my mind, this word pruning, that the Lord was just whispering in my heart, you know, I'm, I'm doing some pruning. I'm going to be doing some pruning in your life, Aaron, so get ready. Uh, remember that when, when the Lord does that, he, he, it's painful and it's difficult, but why does he do it? He prunes us so that we might be more fruitful. That's going to happen in your life. That's going to be happening in your staff. That's going to be happening in our church family. And I think in many ways, probably well beyond what I have seen, uh, that word has also been happening and God has been doing that. The third word, first one was flexibility. Second word was pruning. The third word was shaking. 
this idea of shaking, is, is, it's, a, it's a frightening word. But, you know, when you think about shaking, shaking is probably the best way to get ripe fruit to finally fall that maybe has been hanging on there for a little bit too long. It's also a way to find the structural flaws that need to be revealed. And God has a way of doing this in many ways, probably, again, well beyond what I can simply see. But in your life and my life, oftentimes we experience a shaking that causes us to to recognize places where perhaps the structure is not as strong as it needs to be. Sometimes when things are shaken, they're shaken to the point that they actually fall down. At that point, then you've got to be thinking about, was that thing something that we needed in the first place? And if it is, how do we rebuild it? Um, So these words, flexibility, pruning, and shaking, They've had very significant impact on my life and my approach toward ministry here in this last year. So, to all of you who have felt some semblance of that, and in the realm of flexibility, perhaps you felt like you have been stretched a little bit further than you would have liked, or perhaps you felt that in God's pruning, you've been cut maybe just a little closer in that branch of life than you wanted, or you simply felt that you've been shaken up. Uh, The invitation today to a deeper foundation in prayer is absolutely pivotal in all three of these areas. So so let me explain the invitation that has come to us uh, from our national office. Uh, Our national office said at the end of 2020, uh, we want to call our people to pray. We want to call our churches to pray. We want to call our pastors to pray. And we want to ask them to call their churches to do the same thing. Uh, So the the explanation is very simple. We we would encourage you, as we have been talking over these last weeks, to sign up at our national office website, cmalliancechurch.org, and you can can click on the 40 days of prayer thing. You you can write your name in there and say, I'd like to be a part of this. In committing to the next 40 days, which begins today, uh, we commit ourselves to a deeper level of prayer. Now, you don't have to use the resources that will be provided for that, but you will receive daily devotionals, weekly videos, and things like that from our leadership at the Christian and Missionary Alliance to help us pray in a focused time. So again, keeping in mind that when we say yes to God in prayer, I believe he wants to turn up the confidence level. He wants the church to be stronger coming into this new year, perhaps, than she was coming out of the last one, and we want to get ourselves ready for the things that he has for us. So the heart of the message today is if you understand 40 days of prayer beginning today, not too late for you to sign up now, I want to encourage you of why I believe three reasons why you could say yes and should say yes to this invitation. Let's begin with the first one. The mission is too important. Uh, In Acts chapter 6, There's kind of a fascinating season in the life of the early church. And and I want to ask you to consider this, that, you know, we think we know, we think we've got a good bead on what church really is supposed to be, needs to be. Uh, In fact, a lot of things in this last year have revealed that, that, you know, the church has not been able to operate in the ways that many of us would call normal. But when you step back and you look at the church in her history, you actually find that what we call normal in the life of the church 
almost doesn't look anything like the great majority of the church's history. So in Acts chapter 6, we see this early church, and it's starting to take off. All kinds of people are coming to faith in the Lord. There's a real outpouring of the Spirit's work. The people are praying on a regular basis, so prayer is high. From that prayer ministry, all kinds of things are flowing. Again, why does the church need to be active in prayer? Because the mission is too important for us not to be. So we see this modeled in Acts chapter 6. But let me read to you a couple of verses of how this, this uh, chapter uh, begins. It says this, In those days when the number of disciples was increasing, the Hellenistic Jews among them complained against the Hebraic Jews because their widows were being overlooked in the daily distribution of food. And so the twelve, that's the apostles, they gathered together all the disciples and they said, it would not be right for us to neglect the ministry of the word of God in order to wait on tables. Brothers and sisters, choose seven men from among you who are known to be full of the spirit and wisdom. Uh, we will turn this responsibility over to them and will give our attention to prayer in the ministry of the word. This is the introduction of the diaconal type ministry where we get our word deacons today, those who would practice hospitality and help, which has been a huge blessing to a lot of people even through this church here in recent weeks and months. Now, I want you just to get that picture in your mind, if you will. We've got this young sort of thriving church. All of these things are happening. The mission is taking place and yet they are forced by their circumstances to pause and rethink the things that they're doing. They also are forced to prioritize what are the things that we must do or must not neglect. Interestingly, one of those key things for their leadership was we need to have a ministry of prayer. We need to have a ministry of the word. And now because this care ministry was becoming very apparent and, and it was needed, we've got to activate the members of the church, and we've got to get people serving in the right ways so that they can take part in this expanding care ministry. And we think we know what the right way is to do church. But a lot of times, you know, what has been revealed, I, I just need to say it this way, I, I don't like pandemics. I have not enjoyed the stress of the season, but this hard season has forced us to reflect on what we think we know to be right. Think about all of the things that we, we enjoy as comforts, and probably for a portion of this last year, we've sort of clamored for those comforts. We've clamored for the things that we like and we know and are familiar, but a lot of those things we had to do without. This season has forced us to reflect on what we think we know to be right. It's also forced us to think about prioritization. What is most important? And here in Acts 6, we see them looking at the same thing. They said, well, preaching is important. Prayer is important. This care ministry is important. Here, here's what I'm getting at. The model of our ministry, it's always going to be this thing that, that is in flux and changing. In fact, I think it's better for the church when it is. I think we need to evaluate more and more frequently how God is causing us to be reinvented, but it must always be driven by our mission. We've got to know what are we called to do and be, and then the model, how would God have us do it? So we're still in a season that we're not really doing anything in the ways that we would call normal, but the mission is too important. When we pray, when the people of God become active in prayer, get deeper in prayer, build a stronger foundation in prayer, we are inviting wisdom. 
We are inviting discernment. We are inviting that much-needed unity and passion and so much more. So, So point number one is this. Get invested in prayer. Join us in this 40-day journey because the mission is too important for you not to. This is a season where the church needs to be lean and mean and disciplined and moving in. Great season for us to get in shape spiritually, and I would invite you to do that. So that's, that's question or point number one. Point number two is this. Why would we get involved and grow deeper in our foundation with prayer? Uh, Very simply, I would say it this way. The challenges are way too fierce. The opposition that is coming against the mission of Christ is stronger maybe now than it ever has been. And so we're going to continue to run into obstacles. Church, we've got to learn how to pray. We've got to pray so that we can navigate the fierce challenges that will come against the mission of Christ. I'll read you a couple verses from Ephesians chapter 2. If you have your Bibles, go ahead and flip over there. Paul writes this, he says, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us who lived among them at one time uh, were gratifying the cravings of our flesh, following its desires and thoughts like the rest. We were nature uh, by nature deserving of wrath. So we actually see three obstacles right here in Ephesians chapter 2. Common enemies of the mission of Christ. The spirit of the world, the devil himself, and spiritual opposition that goes with him. And then our own flesh, our old nature that is there. The challenges are too fierce. Uh, The church cannot afford to be prayerless in this season. So take a simple step of saying, yeah, you know what? I'm going to be a part of this 40-day journey because the challenges are fierce. They're fierce in your life. They're fierce in my life. They're fierce against the church of Jesus Christ globally. The people of God need to learn how to pray. Now, I don't know if you remember in Jeremiah chapter 12, but I've always found this very interesting. Jeremiah is, is lodging his complaint against the Lord He's saying, you're always righteous, God. I bring this case before you, but I would speak about your justice. Why does the way of the wicked prosper? Why does the faithful, faithless, why do they live at ease? And he goes on to just talk about the, the frustrations that he feels. And, and you, you get it. I, I get it. I mean, we sometimes look at our world around us and we just say, God, what are you doing? You know, I, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't get the economy of why things happen the way that they happen. But then look at God's answer to Jeremiah in verse 5 of Jeremiah 12. He says this, If you have raced with men on foot and they have worn you out, how can you compete with horses? If you have stumbled in a safe country, how will you manage in the thickets by the Jordan? Man, that's powerful right there. I mean, God essentially says this. I hear your complaint. I hear that you're frustrated. I hear that you don't necessarily like the way that things are unfolding. But Jeremiah, look, if you can't handle the opposition that you're facing now, what happens when the opposition gets turned up? If you can't handle the level of ministry that I've called you to now, what happens when the level of ministry gets elevated? And I think that is a powerful challenge for the church in a season of pandemic when nothing is easy, a lot of things are hard, a lot of reasons why I and you have probably come to the place of saying, oh, I'm frustrated and I'm hurting, but I just hear the voice of the Lord in that saying, look, if if you can't handle this, what happens when the opposition increases? So we're facing 
these three big things all the time. We're dealing with the way of the world. We're dealing with the devil. We're dealing with our flesh. So we need to let the Holy Spirit do some work. I mean, I, I need to grow. You need to grow. There are old nature default responses that I have and that you have that we need to continue to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus Christ if we are going to be the church that he wants us to be. So yes, the, the mission is too important, but the challenges are too fierce. I actually have come to this conclusion. I don't have what it takes to hold the body of, church, of Christ together. And you know what? You don't either. We need the divine help of God or else we'll, we'll fragment and we'll split apart and we'll have disunification and all of that kind of stuff. But praise God, he doesn't ask us to figure this out on our own. He asks us to allow him to do that work. When we grow in prayer, we grow in that strength that we need to be the church that God wants us to be. So this call to prayer continues to ring true. The obstacles are actually too great for the church to, to uh, overcome. Uh, the, the, the obstacles are, are far too great for us to be weak in the area of prayer. But when we humble ourselves and when we lean in, we actually can experience unity and healing and all of those things. Uh, here's another reason, especially, let me speak to you because I, I'm sure, uh, you know, this is, this is just uh, straight statistics of this last year. The amount of decisions that we made that we knew we're going to uh, please some and upset others. You may be receiving this message from a place of saying, you know, I'm just fed up and I'm frustrated and I'm, and I'm hurt. And, and you know what's going to happen? If you would, by God's grace, make a commitment to pray for the church and to pray for your leaders and to pray for your brothers and sisters, pray for the, maybe you're upset with somebody, to pray for those per, that person. Do you know what happens is, when you pray for people, God begins to do something. He does a heart change in, in your life. And, and you may find that, that you know, people praying together for the same common mission will actually find themselves loving each other really well, even despite challenges or disagreements or, or offenses or hurts. And so the, the, the challenges are very real. The challenges are very fierce, and the, the enemy works overtime to stir us up against one another. Um, so we got to pray. There's no question in my mind. We've got to pray. Mission is too important. The challenges are too real. Let's talk about the last one. The last one is this. The opportunities that we have are just simply too great. We don't want to miss them. We have great opportunities in front of us. Yes, even in this season when things are, are kind of defunct and, and frustrating and all of that kind of stuff. And yes, and we're in a season in particular right now where we probably have some very dark weeks ahead of us before we turn the corner on this pandemic thing. This is now the season for the church to rise up. When Jesus said, you, the Holy Spirit will come on you, Acts 1.8, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. He did not give a caveat and say, but it's only going to happen if you can meet in the ways that you want to uh, and in your building that's comfortable and all that kind of stuff. He said, that's going to happen. The Holy Spirit is available to you. You are going to be my witnesses. And so as we pray, we're saying yes to the opportunities that God has for us. Just go back for a second at Acts chapter 6 that we looked at before. Here they are, they're preaching, they're teaching. All of a sudden, an opportunity comes up in the form of a disagreement. And now the church is able to be more effective in completing the mission of Christ. All the way back in March, when I was meeting with those leaders here in the church, 
and we were talking about some of the things that were in front of us, the difficulties that we faced and, and what was going to happen, the, the Lord actually began to really speak to my heart about some of the ways that we might elevate our care ministry. And admittedly, some of those ideas were way too premature. We didn't really know anything. We didn't even know what we were dealing with to know if, if this was, uh, you know, how that would unfold. But church, you have been so responsive. In this last year, we have actually set records in terms of giving to things like the Deacons Fund, just to simply say we want to help people who have financial needs in our church and in our community. Thousands of dollars that you have given to various funds to say we want to be active in sharing our faith and demonstrating the love of Christ. And so I want to simply call you not only to this season of prayer, but that prayer is going to give birth to greater vision. Right now, we're beginning to unfold some of those vision pieces that have had several months now of, of preparation. Now we're getting our head around it. We're seeing the resources that God has given us. We're seeing the opportunities in front of us. And as you pray, God is going to give you greater opportunities to say yes as we care and carry out our mission. I still believe this is one of the great opportunities for the church of Jesus Christ to rise up. But I will guarantee you this. If we are not strong in the foundational aspect of prayer, we're going to miss it. That's been something that's on my heart of just saying, God, don't let us miss the opportunities that are in front of us. So how can we feed those who are hungry? How can we support those who have financial needs? How can we extend our prayer ministry and our helps ministry? We're going to continue leaning into all of that, and a lot of it starts now. So say yes to the prayer opportunity that is right in front of you. I want to close this message with one last uh, encouragement. It's a poem that I came across all the way back in high school, and the Lord kind of bought it, brought it back to my attention recently, and I think it would be a great way for us as we start this next year. The poem reads this way. A new sheet. It says, he came to my desk with a quivering lip. His lesson was done. Have you a new sheet for me, dear teacher, for I have spoiled this one. I took his sheet all soiled and blotted and gave him a new one all unspotted and into his tired heart I cried, do better now, my child. It goes on to read this way. I came to the throne with a trembling heart for the year was done. Have you a new year for me, dear master, for I have spoiled this one. And he took my year all soiled and blotted and gave me a new one, all unspotted. And into my tired heart he cried, do better now, my child. Church, I want you to see that in this new season, in this new year. Our Heavenly Father is so gracious to us to give us new opportunities to minister, new opportunities to serve, new opportunities for, for fresh starts. And the opportunities are so great. And yes, the opposition is strong. And some of that opposition is dealing with my old nature. But the Lord has given us a mission. So let us continue to pursue it with all of the grace and all of the energy and all of the things that he gives to us. Church, we don't want you to lose heart today. And so we look to Jesus Christ as we come to the communion table as a reminder. Would you pray with me as you prepare your heart for that encounter with him today.
Jesus, we thank you. We commit to you the work that you desire to do in us and through us and around us. We recognize, Jesus, that we are yet a work in progress. And so we bring ourselves afresh and anew to you. Lord, I pray that today would be a day that we would say yes to you. I pray that people would say yes in droves to say, I am following uh, you, Jesus. I'm going to build a, a stronger foundation in prayer. And so, yes, over these next 40 days, count me in. And Lord, I pray that as we do that and as we grow stronger in this foundational area, that you would use us to, to levels that perhaps we have never experienced before. For we commit it all to you now in the strong name of Jesus.